Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. No, no, no. Thanks. Praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, it's great to be with you. I love your campus, you know, top in the hill right there. When I was here last, I came to a building, and now I come to this whole region that you might have to incorporate it and put a name on it or something. Helicopter pad, amphitheater, the whole deal, man. Praise the Lord. No, it just blesses me how uh, the, the amount of excellence is everywhere. And because uh, we want to reach people. And, and, and what I hear come through everything that you're singing, everything you're doing, it's all about Jesus. If he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. So it's amazing. He, he fixed everything. I mean, he, he redeemed you from the curse of the law. Uh, he wore a crown of thorns. He was, his, he was mentally chastised or tormented so you don't have to be. His back was beaten so you don't have to be sick. He went to hell so you don't have to go to hell. He, he took care of it all. Why not take advantage of it? Amen. Hallelujah. We're blessed. Amen. It's, it's amazing how far-reaching he goes to, to make sure you're okay, because death couldn't hold him down. He's raised from the dead. Hallelujah. And, and you're the walking representation of the kingdom, so you want people to see your joy, see your liberty, see your grace, and they can say, well, the, the Lord's normal. It's the sad thing that the Lord got such a bad rap about so many things. Number one, about not being normal, not being fun. And then, you know, about end-time preaching. People are scared to hear end-time preaching. I have pastors that invite me to come. And they say, I was dreading having you come, but I knew I was supposed to because we were supposed to hear about end times. And they thought it would be bad news. There is no bad news for us. There's nothing but wonderful things ahead. So, amen. No bad news. You know, for the, ch- for the church, it's wonderful. For the, for the world, it's very scary. Horrible news. But uh, we're blessed. We, uh, we're redeemed from the curse of the law. So, what a time to be on the planet just before the king comes. You see nation after nation kind of getting in position uh, for, for literally Jesus to reveal himself to his brethren like Joseph did at the very end. So everything that you see happening all over the earth is a setup for that to happen where Jesus will come in at the second coming. Just like every movie you see where the hero comes in at the end of the, of the movie and saves the day, that's Jesus coming back and, and stopping war on the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So, so we're privileged and blessed and we hadn't really talked about what to speak on, but I felt like I was supposed to do end times, if that's okay, and uh, we'll get into it a little bit, and there's nothing scary about the signs. Uh, you know, driving from Pittsburgh down here last night, I didn't go, oh my God, there's a sign telling me that the town I'm coming to is 40 miles. It, you know, it brought me peace, because I knew I was getting closer to the town, and I was on the right road. So, so the signs don't freak you out, they just help you realize how close you are. So we'll look at some things this morning that are blatant, that are amazing. Some of the things are from 20 years ago, some from 50 years ago, some from last week, some from two weeks ago that are just astounding that things are happening right in front of our eyes. I mean, you think about it. Paul talked about the baptism 12 times, coming of the Lord 52 times. Pretty amazing. For every one verse there is about the first coming of the Lord, eight times more about the second coming of the Lord. So there's so many verses in the Bible. Why would God put so much info in here about the coming of the Lord? Why? Uh, To give you a heads up. In other words, you won't go, I had no idea we were that close. No, why does he want you to have a heads up? So you you, you aren't bowed over. Number one, having a heads up, he doesn't want you downtrodden. He wants you happy. Everything I'm going to preach to you today is all about you having joy and strength. Amen. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
there's something about hearing about how close we are to seeing Jesus. It's a renewal of your hope. It gives you strength. Come on. I had a guy go, hey, if you preach on end times, you'll just get everybody's hopes up. Hello, of course. That's what it's all about. It freaks me out. I mean, uh, yeah, it's the hope that purifies you even as you're pure. It won't hurt us anymore to get a little more hopeful. Come on. Amen. And I love your pastors. I love how normal they are. I mean, Colleen uh, had so much fun with Pastor Diane and Pastor Aaron. Just cool. I, I love how you guys do everything and how normal you are. So thank you for, for not being weird. <laughs> Amen. We've all been around the weird and the normal is way better, right? Praise the Lord. And there's something, isn't it sad that Jesus got such a bad rap that people were afraid to hear about him coming back? That's so disgusting. That's so uh, uh, wrong. We should be super, super expectant. Like, how many of you were excited the night before you got married? Wow, one lady. God bless you, man. Wow, you, you did good, buddy. All right, one couple. Oh, woo! Well, see, the night before you get married, you're kind of excited because you're getting hitched the next day. So uh, think about that. That's what the coming of the Lord is like. You're about to see him as the king. Hallelujah. Amen. So we have a lot, a lot of work to do in a short period of time. So we'll, we'll get into it in a, not an escape theology, but a hustle theology. Like, what can we do to accelerate? Everything that we'll get into is to make you accelerate. So, uh, Colleen sends her greetings back from Tulsa. We just moved into a different office, so there's been a, not a lot of chaos, but somewhat chaos. So she was a little bit too busy to come, but she sends her greetings as well. So grab your Bibles there, and uh, you just turn where you think you will turn. We'll see if you're flowing. Praise the Lord. Here we go. Go to Matthew 24, and we'll start here, and we'll just briefly be there, but then we'll go over to some more stuff, and we'll have a good time. So Matthew 24, verses you've heard a lot. Matthew, all the Gospels speak of the second coming. They don't speak of the rapture. That'll help you understanding end-time preaching. Because I hear guys on TV put second coming verses on the church for the rapture, and you'll feel like you don't qualify. Because when he was talking to those Jewish boys before he was raised from the dead, they didn't qualify. Like, you know, he said, the ten virgins, you need oil in your lamp. Well, he was talking to Jews, not talking to us. I have the maker of the oil. I don't need oil in my lamp. I have him. And that freaks people out, but you've got to look at end-time preaching along with new, new, new creation realities. After the resurrection, the rules change. You're him. You're not trying to get his favor. You, ha- you have his favor. Like this morning, God's not mad at you, not frustrated with you. He loves you. Everything about hearing about the coming of the Lord is how much he loves you. Let it be drilled into you over and over and over again how much he loves you. He's not mad at you, not frustrated with you. He loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you, wants to bless you, and he can't wait to see you. He can't wait to have you enter into that kingdom and see that throne, see the radiance around the, the, the Father, see the rainbow behind the throne of God. I mean, we're, we're, we're about to go and be there. It doesn't get much cooler than that. So let's pray. Father, thank you for everyone that came today. We thank you for your incorruptible word, this seed that grows up in us. It strengthens us. It shows us that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. We thank you for great grace upon this church, Father. I thank you for amplifying their voice, radically amplify their voice, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you for all their buildings, their, their, their whole, whole place here, Father, their campus. It's all paid for in Jesus' name. Extra coming in to, to pay for it, to do all the other things they need to do so they can reach more people. I thank you, Father, that every person under the sound of my voice, they'll finish their course with joy. So, Lord, we look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We magnify you. We glorify you. We exalt you, Jesus. Jesus, we see you this morning high and lifted up with your train filling the temple. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. For years, I preached on uh, how to get the power of God through you, not just to you. 
And I would go to the schools overseas in Europe, and I'd preach on gifts of the Spirit, not just to have knowledge of the gifts of the Spirit, but a thought pattern of a vessel mentality. And probably about 20 years ago, uh, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I'd do a little bit of end-time preaching, and then pastors kept going, would you come preach on end times? I'm like, yeah. And probably the last 15 years, almost since I've seen you, 99 out of 100 churches would say, would you come preach on end times? I'm like, really? I'm like, okay, sure. And there's something about uh, hearing about how close you are that you kind of start focusing on what's important. Like my mom, you know, when I was a kid, we got, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1970. And uh, uh, she was so crazy, we would church every night. Every night for like, from, from 70 to 73, I thought my mom had lost her mind. Mom, you don't go to church every night. She goes, yeah, we do. So we went to church every night. And you know that deal, the rapture's going to happen tonight. I'm like, really? I mean, she, she'd give you that crazy mom look like the rapture's coming tonight. And I, I mean, I go to bed every night and I love you, Lord. I mean, I'd be screaming. Because you know that mom look of trying to scare you, well, it worked. Because I, I didn't, I didn't want to miss the, the rapture. So it's sad that we had that scare mentality, but at least it kind of makes you make some correct decisions. And even preaching on end times, I've seen more miracles preaching on end times than when I preached on miracles. I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of testimonies real quick before we go to Matthew 24. I was in, where was I? Alma, Arkansas. I had a word of knowledge that someone had this explosion by their ear and uh, they couldn't hear. And there was a young man there about 18, and I was calling words of knowledge out. He said about me, he's a con man, he's a con man. He said, this is all BS. And when I called that thing out about something blowing up right by your ear, uh, he had had this Tannerite thing blow up right by his head. He said, when I called that out, this thing got sucked out of his ear. He said, I could hear perfectly. He came up and testified. He said, I was mocking him. I was judging him, calling me BS, calling me a con man. And here the Lord gives him his hearing just like that. I could tell you thousands of stories where there was someone there mad at God and the Lord reaches out to love on him. He's just, he's just extremely good. I was in Effingham, Illinois. No, Mattoon, Illinois. Sorry. Ed and Mary Nell Stevens are the pastor's name. And I had a word of knowledge that someone had a metal plate in their head. I have weird words of knowledge. So I just called it out and said, you're healed. Didn't think anything about it. And uh, at the end of the service, you know how you kind of stand around for a minute? The pastor was right there and his wife, Mary Nell. Then there comes this lady down. She looked at me. She goes, hey, I have a loose screw. I said, excuse me? <laughs> she goes, no, I have a loose screw. I said, well, we all have a loose screw. But anyway, what, what's going on? She goes, no, no, I have a loose screw in my head. I said, what? She goes, yeah, they, I have a metal plate in my head. She said, you called that out. She said, I have a metal plate and I have a screw loose. I go, how do you know it's loose? She goes, I can shake my head and feel it loose. I was like, that's so weird. She goes, when you called that out, I felt that screw tighten down to that plate. I was like, are you serious? She goes, yep, it's all taken care of. So the Lord's so cool, he'll even tighten up your loose screw. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, it, 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 he's amazing, absolutely amazing. I could, go, I could go on for hours about the crazy miracles preaching on the coming of the Lord because he loves you. He wants you ready. He wants you happy. He wants you hopeful. So we'll go there to Matthew 24. I still haven't found it yet. Here, I'm telling, saying all that would give you time, and I can't find it. Here we go. Matthew 24, look at verse 1. Verses you know real well, but let's run through them for a minute. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and the disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Because it's pretty amazing to see the temple mount. That's the Lord's physical address for eternity. I mean, it's ominous to go that right there is where it's all about. Uh, Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations. So he's right there. And as he said unto them, see not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him saying, hey, privately tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming 
and of the end of the world. Now, the end of the world is not a good way it's translated. It's the word end of the age. So the Lord didn't rebuke them. He just go, hey, no problem. So talking to the Jewish boys here about the second coming, he starts talking about the climate before the second coming, and he really starts talking about the tribulation here in a minute. So, so watch what he says to look for just before the trib. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in my name saying I'm Christ and shall deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. He said, see that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation. There'll be famines. There'll be pestilence. There'll be earthquakes in diverse places. He said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, in verse 9, you can mark in your Bible, that's where the tribulation starts. We're raptured just before that. So right before the rapture, he said, you'll see, you'll see some trouble on the earth. It'll get your attention. Very similar to a woman going into labor. How many of you ladies, when you start having contractions, and we don't use the word birth pains anymore. We don't even use the word uh, sorrows. We use the word contractions. How many of you ladies, when you start having contractions, did you go, I think I'll play golf today? No. <laughs> contractions started getting so overwhelming it took over to where you're going to the hospital because you have to right so jesus said there'd be some things on the earth that you can't ignore but 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 the thing is he said think about this you look forward to what's coming how many of you ladies after the baby's born did you go those are the best contractions i ever had no (laughs) you're not magnifying the contractions you're magnifying the baby jesus is trying to say here though there's some pressure just before the kingdom comes what's coming is the kingdom You focus on what's coming. The kingdom of God's coming. So we're privileged and blessed to watch verse after verse. Once we run through the signs, it's overwhelming. Sign after sign after sign after sign, how close we are. So let it preach to you this morning. So with that, buzz over to Isaiah. Grab your Bibles there and go to Isaiah. And go to Isaiah chapter 46. And this will show us why we preach on end times. And then we'll get to the signs here in just a minute. Because the signs are so cool, they'll bless you. So look at Isaiah 46. Run down to verse 9. And I love how the Lord talks about himself here for a minute. He'll kind of bless you and see you what's important about the coming of the Lord. Verse 9. Remember the former things of old. I'm God. There's none else. I'm God. There's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Now this is kind of wild. He's going this is why you talk about the coming of the Lord. It brings authenticity to the Bible. Because he's the only, this is the only book that gives you future. You can talk to a Muslim, you can talk to a Buddhist, their book doesn't give you future. This is the only one that does. It's, it's so amazing. God said, okay, I'll give you the date when Jesus is going to come the first time. Gabriel told Daniel the year. Come on, Ezekiel prophesied the year Israel will be made a nation again. So it's flawless. It's so amazing. So God goes, okay, this is how it will bring authenticity to this book. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. I mean, the 19 prophecies about the first coming of the Lord, pretty amazing. Born in Bethlehem of the tribe of Judah, uh, preceded by a messenger, entered into Jerusalem on a colt. They gambled over his robe. He'd be given away for 35 pieces of silver to buy a potter's field. Uh, uh, They pierced him in his side, wore a crown of thorns. It got dark in the middle of the day while he was on the cross. I was witnessing to a Navy SEAL. I said, what do you do about all those? The odds on that, this is what they are. 480 trillion times a billion times another trillion. It's 480s with 33 zeros afterwards. In science, after so many zeros, it's absurd to think that it happened by chance. I'm witnessing to this Navy SEAL. I said, what do you do about those odds? He goes, oh, they read those and brought them to pass. I said, it got dark in the middle of the day. They, They made an eclipse. Wow. So if you don't want to believe, you won't believe. But the flawlessness of this book is amazing. Listen to the first 10 names of guys in the Bible. Now, this is a ton of info, but listen to how cool God is. Watch how amazing the word is. Okay, Adam means man. Seth means appointed. Enos means mortal. 
Canaan means sorrow. Mahiliel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death brings. Lamech means despairing. Noah means rest. Put them all together. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching that his death brings the despairing rest. Gives you the entire plan of redemption with the first 10 names of guys in the Bible. See, he's God. He's been there, done that, made the t-shirt, knows what's coming. And what's amazing is he wants his, his bride, he wants his church excited. Wouldn't it be weird if Colleen and I were getting married? You know, it would have been sad if we're standing, I'm standing there and Colleen's about to walk down the aisle, you know, and I'm going, wow, here it is. She's got that white dress on, you know, and she's walking toward me. She's kind of all bowed over. Oh, my God, I'm about to marry that guy. Another, <laughs> another one bites the dust. Here we go. No, and I would be thinking, well, that doesn't sound good. I wouldn't be that excited. Come on. So God doesn't want us walking to the rapture all bowed over and going, what's going on? No, he wants the church to be victorious because we are victorious. Come on. We're not victims. No. We're, we're victors. Come on. I like that quote. You can tell the caliber of a person by the amount of opposition it takes to discourage him. If you faint in the day of adversity, your spirit's weak. There's a strength in you that no other generation even dreamed of. Come on. Think about Daniel prophesying about you. Listen to what the Holy Ghost said about you thousands of years ago. That right before the coming of the Lord, you'd know your God, you'd be strong, and you would do exploits. Isn't it cool? Heaven's already talked about what you look like. He called you strong. Oh, I think I might do Elvis on that. Dear God, come on. I mean, you notice he didn't go, the church is going to be stupid and weak, and they're going to be, have the tar beat out of them. No, he said, they'll be strong. They'll know their God. They'll do exploits. Come on, when you get to knowing him, it makes everything look like Mickey Mouse. Do you really know him this morning? Come on. Come on, when you know him, there's nothing too hard for him. There's no impossibility with him. Come on. Oh, you could preach almost if you don't watch it. Here we go. All right, buzz over. Buzz over to Luke. Let's get into it. Let's look at all the signs. Uh, there's about 70 some odd signs, but we'll get into maybe 10 or 15 real quick. But, you know, I, I got a new book that came out this year, and it's on the End Times Made Easy. And the fact checkers at Harrison House, this is what they said. They go, you know, these all came to pass. I said, do you think I made this stuff up? I'm, I'm serious. It's like I was on a TV show the other day, and they, were, and they were Googling what I was saying. They were fact checking me while I was saying it. I said, you're fact-checking me while I'm saying this. I said, I'm not smart enough to come up with this stuff. This stuff's already all happened. I'm saying it after the fact. So we'll go to Luke 21 and watch how Jesus will make this super, super easy, super clear to see how close we are. Why? He wants you excited. So go to Luke 24, Luke 21, sorry, Luke 21, verse 24. They'll fall by the edge of the sword and they'll be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem will be trodden down or overthrown of the Gentiles. Until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So here Jesus ties all the timing to, uh, to Jerusalem being won back, which is amazing. When did that happen? 1967. Six-day war. Jerusalem was over, uh, completely surrounded by Assyria, by Turkey, by Egypt. And Israel won that war. And Jesus goes, hey, when you see that, the t you're pretty much at the end. You remember how miraculous it was? Remember he had 88 Egyptian tanks coming down on Israel. One Israeli cook, he said, you know what? He said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. This cook didn't even know how to fire shells, climbs into a tank, 88 tanks against this one tank with a cook in there, doesn't even know how to fire shells. He climbs in the tank, figures out how to load the thing up with shells, starts firing shells at the Egyptian army, 88 tanks. All night he's firing shells at them. In the morning, the Egyptian commander came out with a white flag. He said, I'm here to surrender to the highest ranking officer. And that, that cook said, highest ranking officer is just me. 
And that that Egyptian commander said, no, it's not. The whole night you've been shelling us all night. The whole countryside was filled with men in tanks, with with men dressed in white on the front of the tanks. You you keep shelling us. We can't take it anymore. 88 tanks surrendered to one Israeli tank right there. Why? It was time for Jerusalem to be won back. Okay? And And you can Google it. You can Google the guy I'm talking about. You know what he said? He goes, I don't even believe in this stuff, but something happened. I mean, he's not like a strong believer, like, ooh, I believe, I received. No, he's like, he goes, he didn't even believe it afterwards. So let's go look a little bit more. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing to have Jerusalem won back. But now go down to verse 29. Jesus is going to get even, even clearer and make it super easy. Verse 29, look what he says. He spake to them a parable. What's a parable for? To make what he had just said uh, more clear. So he spake to them a parable. He said, look at the fig tree. What's the fig tree? The nation of Israel. The, all the trees, the nations around Israel, prophetic nations. Verse 30, when they now shoot forth or bud, I like this, you see and know of your own selves that summer or harvest is nigh at hand. So likewise, or in the same manner, I like this, when you see these things, what things? Israel made a nation, Jerusalem won back. When you see these things come to pass, I like this, no. Circle the word no there. When you see these things come to pass, no. He said, when you see these two things happen, you can know how close he is. Now watch this. Know that the kingdom of God is nigh or close. That's pretty cool to know it's close. All right, get ready. Look at the next verse. He's going to kind of open up a whole can of worms here. You ready? Verse 32. Verily I say unto you, this generation. What generation? The one that sees Israel be gathered in Jerusalem one back. That's you and I. He said, this generation won't pass away till all fulfilled. I hear people go, I don't believe that. It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I hear people who I'm not comfortable with that. It don't matter. Tag, you're it. He said, he said, the group that sees these two, you're the one. So it doesn't get any plainer. We saw Israel made a nation in 48. You saw Hitler kill 6 million Jews just before they were regathered. Lucifer thought he could stop it. Can't stop it. So Israel came back and, and Jesus said, when you see the fig tree, bud, it's obvious to you. Just like in the spring, like Tulsa right now, the grass is brown, the trees are brown. And man, it's not till next April, it'll be, it'll be brown for all these months. But man, come April, the grass starts turning, the trees start budding, you go, oh wow, there's a temperature change coming. I've never heard somebody go, hey, summer's not coming this year. You go, no, 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 it comes every year. He said, likewise, just as bold as you are about that, when you see Israel regathered and Jerusalem one back, you can know that the kingdom of God is, is in that generation. So how blessed are we that there's some exact things here showing us that's us. I hear people go, well, you can't tell when the Lord's coming back. Actually, you can if you can read. No, I'm serious. If you can read, you can. Because I hear people say the whole thing about not knowing when the Lord's coming back, he basically told them the very two days that he was going to come get them. When he said no man knows the day or the hour, he's talking about Feast of Trumpets. That was a jargon word for no man knows the day or the hour. Because the Feast of Trumpets was on the 29.5th day of the month. And you didn't know if the moon was going to be a full moon on the 29th or the 30th. They had to send a Sanhedrin out and send two witnesses. And when they knew that, he was saying, there's a two-day period that you'll know when I'm coming. So what we took as you won't know was him saying, I'll give you a two-day period out of the whole year when I'm going to come. I mean, it's blatant. It's exact. It's precise. It gets really quiet when you say that, but that's all right, because <laughs> we've been taught wrong. Why not use the word when it comes to the end times? We use the word about righteousness. We use the word about the coming, I mean, about finances. We use the word about healing. But when it comes to the end times, people's tradition is so radical, they'll put their tradition above the Bible. I'll have guys fight with me that have never even opened their Bible. I said, you think you're going to tell me something you never even looked at your Bible? Come on, the Bible is the book, man. It's just flawless. All right, let's, let's go through it for a minute. We've got two main signs there. Think about this for a second. 
Jesus said you'd see it and you'd know it. Kenneth Hagin prophesied right before the coming of the Lord there'd be an attitude of seeing and knowing on the church. Back up with me just a little bit. This will bless you. Then we'll get all the signs. There's, there's a tons that are going to freak you out. We'll get there in a second. All right, 1917. What happened 50 years after 17? One Jubilee, Jerusalem's won back. So in 1917, it's a pretty big year. Okay? Allenby, an Australian general, flies into the land of Israel and, in a biplane. They were so freaked out, they passed out leaflets everywhere. Allenby's coming, Allenby's coming, Allenby's coming. They didn't know that in Arabic, his name meant a prophet sent from God to deliver you your land. Well, it so freaked them out. He flies in a biplane. They'd never seen a biplane before. They dropped their weapons. Israel got their land back right there in 1917. Also, Kenneth Hagin was born in 1917. The Lord told his mother to name him John. She goes, I don't like the name John. I'm going to name him Kenneth. Don't you love that? That the Lord tells you what's the name of your kid? She's like, yeah, whatever. No. I mean, that's just too weird. So she said, you're supposed to name him John. And he would have a part in getting the earth ready for the second coming of the Lord. Not everything, but a part. Pretty amazing. You know what Hagen means in the Hebrew? One to go before a pair of people for the coming of the Lord. John Hagen. There's a lady, an evangelist in the church I attend in, in Tulsa, Mark Brzee's church. She got, died a few years ago and they defibrillated her and got her back. She's up in heaven talking to Jesus. She said, look, there's Kenneth Hagen. And the Lord said, you mean John? <laughs> so if your name's supposed to be John, it's supposed to be John. I mean, just, just in Switzerland alone, I've spoken in Lausanne, in Kerr, Basel, Longenthal, Zurich. Uh, Geneva, all because of Kenneth Hagin sowing the word with zero fanfare. Sowing the word, sowing the word, sowing the word, sowing the word. I could give you another country and tell you all the, the cities. All because of Kenneth Hagin sowing the word, getting the earth ready for the second coming of the Lord with zero fanfare whatsoever. Just the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Hallelujah. All right, let's go through the signs. We've got a bunch we're going to hit, so get ready. These are all crazy. All right, so you've, number one, Israel made a nation. Number two, Jerusalem won back. He said, the group that sees those two, you're it. All right, then after that, you've got the Hebrew language restored. The Bible says just before the Messiah comes, he'll restore to them a pure language. Hang with me. 120 years ago, no one spoke Hebrew in Israel. Now, everybody speaks Hebrew. It's a miracle. Never has there been a language lost like that and regathered. You can't find them speaking Hittite, can't find them speaking Amorite, can't find them speaking Canaanite, but you can find them speaking Hebrew because God said just before the Messiah comes, he would do that. All right, after that, you got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. God said just before the Messiah comes, I'll bring back the Ethiopian Jews. All right, 1992, Israel sent C-130s down into Ethiopia, airlifted 18,000 Ethiopian Jews in one day. It's the only time ever that on the manifest it said 180 passengers, and when they landed, they had 187. There were seven babies born on that one flight. CNN headline news, Chuck Roberts said, an exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. Come on, when CNN goes to preaching about what the Lord's doing, you better lift up your heads. Jesus is about to come back. Come on. Yeah, he, he said, an exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. I heard it. I, I saw him say it. Chuck Roberts. So what was it? God said, I'll bring them out, brought them out in your lifetime. And then the next one is the revival of the Roman Empire. This is pretty amazing. Revival of the Roman Empire. Now, what's that? You got the EU, the United States of Europe. I mean, they have the woman from the book of Revelation on their money. It's kind of blatant, kind of obvious. Their capital building is in Strasbourg, France. It's not similar to the Tower of Babel. It's identical to the Tower of Babel. They even broke the top of it up in edges to make it look like it was an unfinished building. It looked like the Tower of Babel. You can go inside there. All the markings are from Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, out in front of the buildings, there's a, a, a piece of art. 
<laughs> it's a molecule of iron magnified because Daniel saw iron and clay just before the coming of the Lord. I mean, you, what's crazy is, I'll give you a little, little craziness now to hang with me a little bit. The Bible says, you know, that the Antichrist won't be revealed till we leave because we have so much authority, he can't even come on the scene. But Emmanuel Macron is the prime minister of France, and he's the head of the EU right now. Emmanuel means God with us. Macron means the mark. He's part Jew, part Assyrian. And he said, I want my rule to be a Jupiterian rule, which is like, like a king rule. And he even looks like the guy from the Left Behind series. So if he's, not the, if he's not the Antichrist, he missed a wonderful opportunity, okay? Because he keeps doing all these things, trying to help Lebanon, trying to help Iraq, trying to help Syria. And the Pope called on him last week to come talk about peace for Russia. And you had the Pope, okay, you have the beast and the false prophet right there. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. All right. Start the, start the car. I'll be right there. Come on. No, man, this is just radical. Okay, so that, as radical as all that is, let's keep going. There's tons more, but there's some that have just happened recently that are just absolutely bonkers. So let's go a little bit more. You got the fertility of the land of Israel. 120 years ago, the land was so desolate it wouldn't support life. Mark Twain was there. He said, man, there's no way you could live here. Yet Israel produces 90% of the fruit for all of Europe. Wouldn't it be weird if New Jersey's where all your fruit came from? Israel's about the size of New Jersey. What if everything you ate fruit-wise was from New Jersey? You go, man, what's up with the dirt in New Jersey? Come on. Well, you can go to Israel and go to the Golan Heights up in the northern part of Israel. No one has to tell you where Syria starts. It's dirt. It's lush, dark green grass, brown dirt. They don't even have to put a fence there. You don't have to put anything. I told my buddies, do you guys put Scott Super Turf Builder? Do you use a sprinkler system? What do you use? My buddy goes, are you crazy? To get my grass to look like their grass, i got to use Scott Super Turf Builder. I even called Scott's and said, you detuned your fertilizer. It doesn't work that well anymore. So i got to use double, and i got to keep it watered to get it to remotely look like Israel's grass, and they do nothing to it. You know what they did to it? God said, I'll make the land so blessed it'll be obvious to you. It's obvious the blessing of God upon the land. I mean, you can go up on Mount Carmel. I was on, on Mount Carmel one time looking down over the Valley of Megiddo. This is where the Battle of Armageddon is going to be. And an F-16 comes shooting out of a hole in the ground. I'm sitting there going, what in the world? An F-16 comes straight up over me. I told my buddy, he said, dude, I just saw an F-16 come out of the hole in the ground. He goes, you're crazy. Next thing you know, you can hear a jet spool up. F-16 comes shooting out of a hole in the ground. They have an underground run rate right where the Battle of Armageddon is going to be. Man, they're, they're, they're ready. Come on. Okay, so that's pretty crazy to have their fertility like that. Let's go a little bit more. Oh, man. Uh, Lamentations 5.18 says just before the coming of the Messiah, there'd be, uh, be foxes on the Temple Mount. Last year, foxes showed up on the Temple Mount. You had the ritual baths around the Temple Mount fill up with water for the first time in 2,000 years. You had fish show up in the Dead Sea last year. When was that prophesied? 2,700 years ago by Ezekiel. Okay, guess what happened two months ago? The Dead Sea turned blood red right where Sodom and Gomorrah was. Guess what day that happened? The Day of Atonement. I said, Lord, you're just showing off now. That's radical, man. Come on. I mean, he's going out of his way to make it obvious he's about to come back. That's a pretty big deal. All right? Uh, you, you got a lot more. You got, okay, hang with me. There's just so many, but these are, just, these are blatantly in our face. You've got Russia rebuild the archway for Baal worship in Palmyra. Say, so what's that a big deal? That's where the Tower of Babel was. 
And the Talmud says that's the last sign you'll see before the Messiah comes. So you have the rabbis getting everything ready. They got the, two weeks ago, they had five red heifers come in. They got the oil of anointing. The Sanhedrin got the oil of anointing ready because they're ready for the Messiah. They got the, listen to this, they got the worm that secretes this scarlet uh, 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 juice. Now hang with me and listen to this. In three days, it turns white. The, the scarlet red turns white. Though your sins be scarlet, they be white as snow. So they got the worms ready for that. They got the, 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 the cows ready for that. They got the oil ready for that. They got all the stuff in, in position. Why? You have what's called the Temple Mount Institute. Their last name's Cohen, means priest. They have everything ready. They have the menorah behind a, a plexiglass like your drums here. They got ev- all the instruments you need. They even had sacrifice on the edge of the Temple Mount last year. The year before, they got arrested. This year, they didn't get arrested. The police chief got saved. He said, I know you guys are supposed to do this, so I'm going to let you do this. They took a truck down to the edge of the Temple Mount, took a makeshift altar right there, took a lamb right there, cut his throat, and the lamb bled out, and they did a sacrifice right there where there will be sacrifices for a whole other thousand years. Even during the millennium, they'll be sacrificing animals to look back at how ugly sin was that Jesus had to give his life for. So all of that is in position right now. Okay? You have, how many know what an uh, ornithologist is? Now, the only reason I know is my dad, my brother was an ornithologist. That's a bird specialist. Went to college for nine years. My dad asked him, what did you learn? He said, I learned how to play poker. <laughs> but anyway, there was just, that wasn't very good money spent, was it? So, uh, so I'm, I'm watching the Animal Planet channel one time, and this is about four or five years ago. And this, British, uh, this Israeli ornithologist, she gets up there and she goes, we have the largest gathering of predatory birds ever in history. 172 different species, 172 different species of predatory birds start showing up in the land. She goes, we don't understand it. I understand it. Why? Just after the rapture, you have the Ezekiel 38 war where Russia comes down on Israel. God calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up. Seven years later at the Battle of Armageddon, he calls on the fowl of the air again to clean the land up. So you got the cleanup crew in Israel right now. So you, you got Israel regathered, you got Jerusalem won back, you got fish in position, you got Russia in the Ukraine, Russia in Crimea, so they have a doorway to go straight down toward Israel. Go, the Bible says they'll come from the north, go straight north of Israel is Ukraine. So you got all these groups in position, you got the Temple Mount Institute that's ready, and now you got fish ready, and now you got birds ready, what's the church doing? If all these other groups can get in position, what's the church doing? Is it really the end times? Is the Lord really coming back in my lifetime? Wow. How many signs do we need? I got 70 some odd. I mean, at one point we have to go, wow, we're, he's, we're about to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why is that a big deal? If you thought he was coming tomorrow, he'd be a whole lot sweeter tonight. He'd be a whole lot kinder. Could you imagine the night before the rapture? Hey, what are you doing? I mean, if we get to heaven, what were you doing? I was chewing people out the night before the rapture. That wouldn't be cool. Come on, man. You, you want to be doing the will of God. You want to be living right. You want to be a soul winner. Come on. All this is about a football game. I love college football. There were so many good games on last night. But I can't handle it when the quarterback's not looking at the play clock. So, so people go, you don't need to hear about end times. Tell a quarterback not to look at the play clock at the end of the game. It's crucial because time's winding down. You've got to accelerate. It's more, it's more critical. You can't, you can't drop the ball when the clock's winding down. At the beginning of the game, you can drop a pass. But at the end, you've you got to make every play count. That kind of mentality has to get into the church. We're not messing around here. We're about to see God. The shepherd and the bishop of your souls. Come on. The firstborn from the dead. The brightness of the glory of God. Come, come on. He is the resurrection. He is the life. That's who you're about to see. 
Amen. I'm telling you. The Bible doesn't say there's no more sun. There's no more need for the sun because of the brightness of the glory of God in Jesus' face. At the second coming, there's an earthquake. The temple goes up in the air a little bit. And the Bible says that Jesus is right there on the throne. The water from the Dead Sea comes right by Jesus, goes out, and heals all the waters in the earth just because it gets near him. He's not near you this morning. He's in you. Come on. He's got so much life in him. Come on. We're about to see this. Jesus that overcame death, hell, and the grave, made everything you see. Mm. Wow, won't that be something standing there? The Bible says there'll be a, a sea of glass clear as crystal. Crystal's the only element you can't hide a flaw. We'll be flawless before the throne of God. And remember, all this information is because He loves you. He wants you happy. He wants you so happy that people say, break that pill in half. Whatever you're on, take it down a notch, buddy. You're just crazy. I mean, you're, seriously, come on. People should be asking you, what's wrong with you? I'm about to see my, my king. All right, let's just go through a couple, a couple more there real quick, then we'll, then we'll close. Uh, I, I won't give, keep you much longer. I want you to come back tonight. Remember, he who preaches short shall be heard again, so praise the Lord. <laughs> John Osteen used to say that, praise the Lord. Because I have been there when Jesus left the building and the preacher didn't know it, amen? <laughs> and the preacher just kept right on going, Jesus waved goodbye and said, I'm out of here, man. Here we go. So let's go through a couple more signs, and then we'll go through the signals for just a minute, because there's signs or signals. It's, it's pretty radical. Let's talk about two real quick that are pretty amazing. One was on the History Channel. Uh, bishop Malachi from the year 1129 A.D., Catholic bishop. We'd say Malachi. They called him Malachi. He had a vision of every pope that would be on the earth all the way up to the Second Coming. But they got, he got the pope's coat of arms. You know how when you're uh, from Ireland or England, you have a crest for your family? Coat of arms is very detailed. You're a military pope, praying pope, or a marine pope. He got the coat of arms correct for 114 out of 114. The History Channel said only a God can do that. This is statistically impossible. Only God can do that. Well, he got it right, 114 out of 114. Guess which pope we have right now? The 114th. He got it right out of all those. Now, the History Channel said only a God can do that. So that's pretty amazing. So the one we got right now is 114. And he's doing stuff that's literally making you think he's the false prophet, just the decisions he's making. We need to pray for him. Amen? All right, so there's another one, uh, pretty radical. Um, uh, Rabbi Iksak Kaduri is a rabbi, a famous guy from Israel. You know, Jesus appears to him, and he gets saved. Now, he can't tell anybody because people would freak out. I mean, they'd probably try to kill him. So he said, okay, a year after I die, open up this letter. And the year after he died, they opened the letter up. He said, I've come to know Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus appeared to him. And he fulfilled all the feasts flawlessly. And uh, just amazing, he, you know, Jesus is the Messiah. And he prophesied, this is 15 years ago. He prophesied just before the coming of the Lord, Israel would be ruled by two Benjamins. Last year, Benjamin Netanyahu and Benjamin Gantz jointly ruled. First time ever, you have two, two prime ministers. And their names were Benjamin. That guy prophesied it 15 years before. So, I mean, it's just, it's just sign, 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 sign. I know I'm forgetting some. I really like this one. Men will be lovers themselves. We have selfie sticks. I was in California. This guy almost got ran over, had two selfie sticks taking pictures of himself in the road. Come on. I mean, however, was there a time where we thought, I'll take a few, few more pictures of myself? That's just weird. 
All right, quickly, let's do, let's do signals for a minute, and then, then we'll close. Hang with me just a minute. So you go from signs to signals. Coming from Pittsburgh last night, I had signs telling me I was getting close to Bridgeport. But once I got into Bridgeport, I didn't need any more signs. There's traffic signals. So what are the signals? The Bible said the planets would be for signals for us. So uh, the, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. So what do you have? Four years ago, you had blood red moons when on Passover and Tabernacles. Now listen how cool this is. Why is that a big deal? Passover is when he died for us. Tabernacles is when he's going to come back for us. So you had four blood red moons in a row. NASA calls that a tetrad. When's the last time you had four in a row on Passover and Tabernacles? Get ready. 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. 1948 when Israel's made a nation. 1492 at the Edict of Expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. And God raised up Columbus to sail the ocean blue in 1492. What did he find? A safe harbor for the Jews, America. So blood red moons in conjunction with radical things for Israel. All right, this next one's really cool, and I, and I won't keep it but a couple more minutes. This next one's radical. This one's the Bethlehem Star. I don't know why we weren't taught a lot about this. This is amazing. This uh, attorney from Nashville studied it all out. You can pull up Kepler's Laws of Planetary Motions. You can put a date in. It'll show you what the heavens were at that time. So at the birth of Jesus, you had Jupiter, a king planet. Regulus, regal, king planet. Venus, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, a mother planet. Two king planets and a mother planet came together when Jesus was born. What was the constellation Virgo? Remember, remember the wise men? They rode by camel 700 miles. Could you imagine going by camel 700 miles? If I was doing a motorcycle ride with my buddies, I'd say, hey, we're going to get to this town. There's going to be a light show like you've never seen. My buddies would say, dude, it better be over the top. This is a long ride. Well, they rode by camel to get there. And you know what happened when Jesus was born? You had Jupiter, you had Regulus, and you had Venus together. Bethlehem star. All right, NBC Nightly News last year said we have a celestial event. Jupiter, Regulus, Venus. Regulus even does retrograde motion and crowns Jupiter. Yeah, first time in 2,000 years last year. What was, what was the constellation? Leo, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. I mean, I could tell, talk to you about 2017. So many things happened in the heavens in 2017. You're like, oh my God. Why? Because God's wanting our attention. He, want, he wants us to know. I mean, I remember when the blood red moon happened, I was out in my backyard in April a couple years ago and it happened and it just was amazing. God goes, I made the moon turn blood red for, for you on the day my son was beaten for you. Just to just show, him, show us how flawless he is. So with all of this, what do we do? We hustle. We, we, we don't fit church into our life. It is our life. Because right now, not, not anyone here, but the church world as a whole, you say, let's have a meeting or a special meeting. Oh yeah, let's do it. I'm kind of busy. Wow. Right before the coming of the Lord, huh? I couldn't, it's inappropriate. Oh, I think I'll do Elvis on that one. It's in, it's, it's, it's I, I used to do Elvis so much they would do Elvis songs before I preach, you know, and I'm like, why, why do I do that? Because you say something that kind of hits you in the face. It's inappropriate to not be excited about the coming of the Lord. That'd be rude. Just like walking down the aisle to meet your bride. If, you, if, if Colleen was standing over there and I go, okay, you know, kind of walk like that and go, yeah, here, let's get it over with. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. No, my God, No. I tell you what I did on, when Colleen and I got married. I, I bought her something from Tiffany's on the day we got married. They had this lady there doing all the bridesmaids' makeup, bridesmaids' makeup, you know. She came from California, and we're in this old house in Tulsa. And my best man brought Colleen this gift from Tiffany's while they were getting ready, and my buddy was playing in the backyard on the piano my, my wife-to-be's favorite songs. So while she's getting ready, I wanted to surprise her. If I think like that, what do you think the Lord has in store for you? Come on. He's got some cool stuff in store for you. He wants to bless you. 
He loves you, loves you, loves you. You're about to see him, so he wants it proper. What, what would be the proper response? I'm excited to see my king. I'm excited to see him. So let's do this. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you. There's so much information. Lord, it's overload. Thank you for all the signs that show us how close we are. Help us walk with you, Lord, right here at the very end of the church age, that we would do your bidding and that, Father, our lives would revolve around what you would like us to do. Help us win our neighbors. Help us win our city. Help us win our state. Help us win our country. We thank you for this season where the the good news is going all over the world. And, Lord, I I ask you for the the plans you have for LifePoint. Wonderful plans, Lord. We thank you for all the people that will be swept in the kingdom right here. In Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody said amen.